0: Genesis chapter 37, we're going to start with verse 1. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilha and sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Let me just stop right there. That's weird. And it's going to get weirder, and if you know the story... Let me just say this, men. There's a reason why we only have one wife. He brought their father a bad report about them. Now, this is Joseph tending the flocks with his stepbrothers, the sons of his, his dad's two concubines. So he brings his father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph. This was Jacob's Name Israel that God had given him. So Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. Some translations say a, a coat of many colors or or a coat a long sleeve coat. It was a differentiation between him and the rest of the sons. He was a shepherd along with his brothers, his stepbrothers, but the garments that he was wearing. Signified he was something else in his father's eyes. You can see where this is going, right? When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars are bowing down to me. When he had told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Father, we thank you today. We're asking that you put a dream in us. Your dream. We're asking, God, that we'd accomplish on this earth all that you've set out for us. Help us to be dreamers today, Lord, and help us to be people who can facilitate and nurture the dream that you put in us, Lord. We thank you for this word. We pray that you apply it to our hearts and to our lives, that we'd wake up tomorrow and be able to use it, God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen and amen. Are right, you may be seated. Now, just a little explanation of what's happening here. Joseph 17 obviously knows everything. He's the youngest son of Jacob and Rachel, who is now dead. Rachel's his mother, Jacob's favorite wife. Jacob also has sons by his other wife, Leah, who the Bible called weak-eyed, and you can make your own description about whatever that is. But Jacob was tricked into marrying Leah by his father-in-law. He worked seven years and he thought he was going to get Rachel and he goes to bed on his wedding night to consummate the marriage and wakes up the next morning. And I'll be honest with you. I've preached this a hundred times. I have no idea how that happens, but they must not have had any nightlights. So he goes to bed, consummates his marriage, wakes up, and it's the weak eyed one. Talk about a disappointment on the day after your wedding. So he's tricked by his father-in-law into marrying. He works a pile more years for the wife he really wanted, Rachel. He ends up having a child with her in their old age, Joseph. By the way, the Bible throws in there they had two concubines on the side. Prolific, we'll call him. And he has other sons So we have a family dynamic here of four wives, multiple kids, and they're not really gelling very well. Let's say it's worse than a modern day blended family. Could you imagine the ex-wife and the ex-husband and all their kids actually living in the same house with you? So all these people are cohabitating together. He's got two concubines, now one wife, but he had two, and all their kids together living in harmony. (laughs) Jacob, some scholars believe that Jacob actually considered Joseph his firstborn because he was the firstborn of his wife that he actually loved. Um he loved Rachel and that was the plan from the beginning so some scholars believe that because he was tricked into marrying Leah he didn't really consider those kids to be in position to be first born so when he has Joseph he looks at him and says finally finally the son from the wife I love and so he treated Joseph different from the beginning to the angst of everyone else in the family and to the angst of the of the uh other sons who are older than Joseph, he treats him differently from the beginning. And by the time he's 17, he's showering him with gifts, making it extremely apparent that he believes he's going to be the heir. Now, in that culture, the firstborn was the heir. And some of you know this, the firstborn would have gotten double portion of what everyone else would have gotten. So, so the firstborn would have actually received a lot more of the inheritance than anyone else in the family. And, and so... To have the idea that the last born could then uh, supplant the first born just by the will of the father infuriated everyone else. Now we know that this is also, also harkens back to his father who tricked his brother, Jacob and Esau. If you remember, we talked about that probably a month ago where Jacob puts on, uh, animal fur, and tricks his, his father into believing he's Esau, and takes the birthright, takes the blessing, even though he's the younger. So now we fast forward to Jacob's kids, and now he's, he's perpetuating the cycle to love the younger one more than the oldest. Now this causes an uproar in the family, and the Bible says it gets to the place where once they, once he gives him the coat, the the robe that's different from everyone else's, Scholars believe that the robe was actually an outward s- sign that Jacob believed, "Hey, he's the heir. I- I'm going to dress him different." This wasn't a robe that a shepherd would have asked for. It wasn't a Carhartt. It-, it wasn't. It wasn't bib overalls. It wasn't. It wasn't a pair of work boots. It was a robe. It was a robe that signified that he was going to be different than everyone else. That in in the father's eyes, that Joseph was not just a shepherd. I'm going to make it ornate enough to where all the other kids and everybody that comes across him is going to know that I don't believe he's just going to be a shepherd. So if you're going to favor one of your kids, do it like incognito style. Can I let that be a lesson to parents? Uh, We always tell our kids we love one of you more than the other. We just tell them that individually. (laughs) And And then they all think they're great. The truth of the matter is, um, he did love Joseph more, but he might have made a little bit of a mistake by showing it so blatantly out in the open, so it caused family strife, to the point where, the, where it says that the other brothers had nothing good to say to him or about him. Now, now remember Joseph's 17 at this time, and um, probably a smart 17-year-old, but nonetheless 17. And... And we find that God puts a dream in Joseph's heart. At least he has a dream that he's believing in, enough to tell other people. Now, now one of the things that I, I started realizing is that, is that God gave Joseph the dream. And, um, and actually, in, those, in that culture, if you had a dream twice, it meant that it was as good as done. And I, when I read that, I actually panicked because um, I have a reoccurring dream that I'm standing up here uh, uh, with no notes in my underwear. And I thought, Lord, I hope that's not still true, that if you have it more than once, it's as good as settled. Because um, I would have to be off the wagon for that to happen. Uh, but in that culture, they believed if you had a dream, and God spoke to people in dreams in that culture. If you remember back to our, to our um, Christmas service, he came to Mary in a dream. He came to Joseph in a dream. He came to Elizabeth in a dream. He came, he was, everybody was having dreams, it seemed like. So Joseph has these two dreams, and basically the gist of the dreams are that he's gonna be elevated and everybody else is gonna bow down to him. He, he will be the, the ruler. Now, what you have to remember is God was the one that gave Joseph the dream. And um, and that's very important. That is very important because God knows what you're capable of. Now, if you're if you're young in here, let's say if you're under forty, I want you to listen to me. Um, if you're under thirty-five, listen to me. We are in a culture today that tells you that you can do whatever you dream about, and that is not true. Come on, somebody say "amen." Because are you like really? I wanted to be in the NBA. I, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I keep saying I'm 5'11". I went, I went to the doctor and he said I was 5'9", and I went, dude, don't mess with me. (laughs) mess with me. I wore the tall shoes today, I'm 5'11". Actually, I was there with my son and we walked out and he said, I'm 5'9", he said, he said, I was the same height as you. I'm going. How does that happen? I got my driver's license. Five eleven. <laughs> so um, I'm five eleven, <laughs> and uh, and I could lay down at night every night. I could know every fact about the NBA. I could know. I could know every. Stat, I could know, I could be an expert in ball movement. I could be an expert in defense. I could be an expert in, in offensive plays. And it would not cause me to physically be able to ever play the game. Because I am what I am. And I've talked to coaches before uh, when my kids play soccer. I said, man, you're big, big and fast. That's what, that's what it is, big and fast. And, and if you're not, you can't get there. Like you can, I can be a little faster, but I'll never be fast. (laughs) Anybody else wanna join me in that crowd? I may be able to go to the gym five days a week and get a training coach and all that stuff, and I could get a little faster than I currently am, but I will never be fast. I'll never be tall. I've got an inversion table in my basement and I can lay on that thing every night and tie a 50 pound weight to my neck and I'll never be 6'4 I'll never be 6'10 and so it doesn't matter how much I dream it will never happen the issue with our society today is they tell us you can do anything you want to do (laughs) 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 I have never heard a more ridiculous statement in my life you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you want to do, whatever you dream. Whatever you dream. And so we, we came up, we came up through soccer, we came up through team sports and all that stuff, and um, every kid was a division one athlete. Every kid was a division one athlete. And I'm looking at parents and I'm going, dude, I'm slow and I can run faster than your kid backwards. <laughs> Stop dreaming for your kid they can 't play they can 't play and so so when our kids went into sports we didn 't we told them, go play your best game, and then whatever happens will happen, but i 'm not going to sit here night after night after night and tell you 're a Division one athlete because you ain 't and i 'm not going to put some pipe dream in your head. Only for later on to find out it will never come true. But you hear all the time, chase your dreams, chase whatever it is. Well, I want to be a singer. (laughs) And we've created a whole genre of TV shows based on people who are chasing the dream of singing. And the reason you watch them is because they can't. (laughs) Not because they can you don't watch the show because they can sing, you watch it because they can't. American Idol made billions of dollars because you tuned in, because 95% of those people were terrible. And they would stand in the audition, they would go, ah, and you'd go, ha 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 ha. And they would say, Yeah, but my mom told me I was awesome. Your mom's tone deaf. And she likes you. Chase your dreams, brother. Chase them. Chase them right to your demise. Chase them right to the whole world laughing at you. Chase them to the end, man. Here, people, I'm broke. Why don't you get a job? I'm waiting on my dream job. Waiting on my dream job. I'm not going to take any job. I'm waiting on my dream job. Well, bro, you better change your dream quick because eating is more important than dreaming. I'm just saying, you might not get to fulfill the dream if you don't start eating. But our society says dream whatever you want to dream. God knows what you're capable of. Well, Let me back up. There's a better statement than that. God knows what you're capable of when he works through you. Because what you're capable of on your own is different from what you're capable of in his power. Amen. And so, so listen, if you're 25 and you're trying to figure it out like I was, remember that God has a dream for you. Remember that God wants you to lay your head down your pillow and, say, and, and submit to his will and say, God, whatever tomorrow brings, I want to do your will. And there's nothing that pleases the Father more than hearing, I want to do what you want me to do. And he he pours into us that which he wants to come out of us. And so when we dream his dreams, reality starts happening, right? The impossible seems possible now. Not that I'll ever be 6'4 and play in the NBA, but things that I didn't dream I could accomplish, now I can. Because God knows what he can do through me. What seems impossible with man is always possible with God. Amen? So, I'm not here to break your dream today. I'm just trying to get you a God dream. Remember that. God has a divine destiny for you. Hebrews 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. He says this in verse 21. Now, now that God, the God of all creation, the God that rose Jesus from the dead, May He equip you with everything good for doing His will. Did you hear that? May He equip you with everything good for doing whatever you can dream of. No, no, no. He equip you with everything good for doing His will and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever. Here's the key. God has a destiny set out for us and so Our job is, is to say, God, put in me what you want to accomplish through me. And so you find that what God put in Joseph was exactly what he wanted to accomplish through him. It was exactly what he wanted to accomplish through him. He gave him two dreams. One Sheave of wheat standing up and all the other ones bowing down and the other one, the the sun and the moon and the stars were bowing down to him. It was exactly what he would accomplish through him. He said, man, those are crazy dreams. Those are crazy dreams. I've had a couple dreams that everybody's submitting to me and then I woke up. (laughs) But actually, if you fast forward, that's exactly what happens. Now. Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Paul says this in his old age. Young people, listen, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He's saying there's a reason. He saved me. There's a, there's a plan. There's a destiny for me. He, he came down. He restored me. He, he delivered me. He gave me freedom and peace. And there's a, a will that he wants to accomplish through me. So it's not I'm just going to dream whatever I dream. It's God put in me that thing. Paul's saying even at the end of his life there's something you want me to accomplish and that's the dream I want to have I want to reach out and grab hold of you so that what you put in me can come out so we need to pray that way in our young years we need to pray God whatever it is for you that you want me to accomplish I want to accomplish that pipe dreams are not dreams at all Hype dreams are not dreams at all. You know what's neat about construction is you typically take an assessment of your tools before you start the job. God, I believe you're calling me to be in the NBA. Take a look at your tools, Chris. All right, Lord, so maybe not. Lord, I think you're calling me to be a college professor. Take an assessment of your tools, Chris <laughs> yep you 're right you 're right you 're right here 's something if you're if you 're young right now, I need to let you know this when God gives you a dream it 's your, responsibil- your responsibility it 's your responsibility to nurture it and protect it. You know what makes it so difficult in this age? Could you imagine if Joseph had social media? We talked about that at Christmas, right, Mary? Like, Could you imagine how many people would hate him if he had social media? Hey, guys, I had a dream. I'm ruling all of you. All of my friends list bowed down. All of my followers bowed down to me. In these two dreams I had, God gave me two dreams, so it's so it's basically fact. I've got fifteen hundred friends, and they're all going to bow down. Joseph made a young person's mistake by telling everything, and in our society, our society, this is where. We get in trouble as young people. We tell everything. And um, I learned a little trick listening to talk radio. Because a masterful person on the radio will give you one piece of information in one segment, but not the whole story. And they'll make you come back after the commercial. Did you ever notice that? that it's called a teaser. It's called, it's called, here's a little bit of what's coming, but I'm not going to tell you yet. So in two more hours, you'll have to listen because then I'm going to give you the rest of the story. Paul Harvey. So what happens is in our excitement about what we believe God is going to do in us, we tell everybody the whole story. And when you're young and you tell everybody the whole story, you run into the risk of being criticized. And we're not ready for it. Because what young person wants to be criticized? Because now we live in an age of bullying. Wait a second, I'm just going to... Ah. Lord, give me peace and strength. It's the first Sunday of the year. Watch this, if you tell your dreams to the wrong people, you may quit dreaming. Not everybody on Instagram believes that God will do that through you. Not everybody on Facebook believes that God can do anything through you. Not everybody on your social media platform is gonna encourage you. So what happens is Joseph walks out from his dream. He's already hated by his brothers. He's already set us apart by his father and he's already hated by his brothers and then he comes out and he says, hey, listen, I've got a dream and you all are gonna submit to me and they went, no, we're not. That's not gonna happen, you're crazy and by the way, we hate you even more now. Thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, (laughs) thumbs down. So it's when God puts something in us, it's our responsibility to embrace it and protect it. If you're going to share it, you have to have the stomach to handle the criticism. Did you hear me? If you're going to share it, you've got to have the stomach to handle the criticism. Because a dream to you is absurdity to someone else. And even more so if that person's life is not working out the way they thought it was going to. Because envy and jealousy rages up in people whose life isn't quite going the way they think it should and then you come out and say, man, God told me this and he's going to do this in my life and I'm so excited about it. They're like, get out of my face. You kidding me? Were we going to have them over for dinner? Cancel it. I don't want to hear about that mess all night about how God's going to do this and God's going to do that. Just tell them to forget it. And they could tell mom I said that. It often happens in families, doesn't it? One kid's dream becomes another kid's nightmare. So look, if you're 20 years old and God has put something in you, sometimes the wise thing to do is zip it. Because you know the dream, you don't know the story yet. I'm gonna say that again. You've had the dream, you don't know the story yet. You see, if you fast forward to the end of Joseph's life, he's not going, hey man, I had a dream you were bound down to me and this is what had happened. (laughs) He's not thinking that when he's older. And so we have a responsibility when God puts something in us to protect it. And sometimes... Sometimes it's our own fault when we when we proclaim it to everyone and then we're criticized for it we give up. We go I can't. Lord, I can't do this. Everybody hates me now. And he said everybody hates you because you can't keep your mouth shut. Everybody hates you because you post blessed on Facebook and Instagram every day. Nobody's that blessed. Everyone doesn't have to know everything. Proverbs 21, chapter 20, verse 23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. L- let's, let's move to the 21st uh, century. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three: those who guard their thumbs and their picks keep themselves from calamity. Just because God lets you dream it doesn't mean you have to proclaim it yet. If he's going to do it in and through you, it'll happen. Guard the thing. Because we're opening ourselves up to criticism that you don't need. You're going to share your dream with people who aren't even saved that don't even understand. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. What are you talking about? I know what family you came from. Remember, nothing good ever comes from Nazareth. I know your dad, I know your mom, I know your siblings. Nothing's good's ever come out of that family. Don't give me that mess. You guys have always been like this, this, and this. Don't give me that mess God put something in you. No, the best way to show that God put something in us is to close our mouth and let it come out. God, you put a dream in me and now I'm a different person. Now I'm operating on different standards. Now I'm I'm living for a different reason. And so I don't have to proclaim that in advance. I can just let people find out. I can just let people find out. So what often happens is we proclaim it in advance and then we're sold into slavery and everybody goes, see, I told you it wasn't true. I told you it wasn't going to happen. I told you he was full of it. I told you he couldn't keep his word. So protect it. You will have a time when it looks like you were crazy for dreaming. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you keep your mouth shut, you'll look less crazy. I'm gonna go back to the 23rd of December. Mary did the most mature thing of any young girl who's been pregnant in a virgin. Wait a second, she's the only one. Watch this. It says she's pondered all these things in her heart. She pondered all these things in her heart. You know what Mary didn't go around doing? I'm pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Hey, I'm pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Mary, you're pregnant? Yep, by the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. I know. I know. Don't worry about me. This is God's baby. That's not what it says she did. It says she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, not in public. You know what? We need to bring value back to privacy. Privacy of our families, privacy of our relationships. Privacy is an important thing. And there's some things that not everybody needs to know about you. There's some things that make it more difficult in your life as a young person when everybody finds out. There's some things that if God put it in you, just hold on to it and ponder it in your heart. If you fast forward, you or if you go back to the Joseph story, you realize that when he tells his father Jacob the dream, Jacob does the same thing that Mary does. He doesn't forget. It says he remembers them. But Jacob's not going around going, hey, man, my son's going to rule everybody. (laughs) That kid, chip off the old block, man. Whoa, he's awesome. God's going to do amazing things in his life. No, because Jacob knew the difficulties of surrendering God's will, so he knew to keep his mouth shut when God puts something in you. So what happens is when his son, when his favorite son, Joseph, comes to him and says, hey, listen, I'm going to rule over everybody. God put this dream in me twice. Jacob says, keep your mouth shut, boy. Keep your mouth shut. Take a lesson from your father and just think about it a while. He actually says to him, you think that's going to happen? If there's anything I could tell young people that the wisdom in being quiet, the wisdom in just listening, the wisdom in just taking a season of your life and going, you know what? I really think this, I'm not saying don't go to your confidants and your parents and and just say, man, I, I think God wants to do this through me. I think he's put this in me. That's fine. But when it comes to telling everybody protect it a little bit cherish it a little bit don't put it out there for everybody to see yet and the last thing the band's gonna come up if you're 25 in here accept instruction as well as encouragement accept instruction as well as encouragement come on I need a 60 year old to say amen about that You're the ones giving the the, the instruction. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is the dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down on the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. The job of the elder generation is to give guidance without killing the motivation. I'm going to say that again. The job of the elder generation is to give guidance without killing the motivation. The job of the younger generation is not be so sensitive that, hey, shut your mouth kills the motivation. (laughs) Now listen, my dad rarely said anything twice. There was the first time And then before he spoke again, there would be some type of physical activity in between that, between that thing. There was never any counting. There was never any like, I'm going to count to 10. It was like, hey, I told you to do that. Pow! And um, one. (laughs) So, so it wasn't, so growing up, you know, you listen. I, I remember I was probably 15 years old, maybe 14 14, 15, I started lifting weights. You might know when you first start lifting weights, you see all these improvements, and you're looking at pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you're looking at yourself, and you're like, I'm close. <laughs> I'm close. I got, I got maybe two more years. So I was muscling up a little bit. My dad was not 5'9". He was like 6'1", probably 2'30". And um, I was muscling up a little bit after I got punished. And I went and threw myself down on a chair. He come running and he said, we can do this another way. We can do this like men. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm going to cry whether I'm good. I'm going to cry. I'm going to just cry. Get, I'm like, I don't want to. One thing it taught me was, um, I can't be too sensitive. I can't be too sensitive. Because um, because correction sometimes comes abruptly. Correction sometimes comes forcefully. Correction sometimes comes when you want something else. And and if I could say anything to a, to a younger generation, I would say, listen, just embrace it. Just embrace it. If somebody's willing to correct you, that means they probably love you. If somebody's willing to speak into your life, that, I'm not talking about somebody shaming you. I'm talking about somebody saying, hey, listen, as a... You gotta, come on, you gotta think. You gotta, here's how that should have been done. When people really pour into your life, it's not a time to be like, you hurt my feelings. It's a time to say, you know what? I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna listen to that. And we're fortunate enough in this body of believers to have some people with gray hair or no hair. And what a choice of their own. That can, that can speak down into people who are, who are starting the dream like Jacob did to Joseph. It's a, hey, listen, man. I know that's what you think is going to happen, but maybe you should hold on to that a little bit. I gave you the coat. Don't run away with it. Come on now. Let's reason a little bit. Let's see if this is the best, best way to do this. And, and what I found in my life When when Beth and I were first married, we were I was 20 years old. Somebody said, You ain't had a clue. I was 20 years old. If my daughters got married at 20, I'd flip straight out. I was 20 years old. My wife was twenty-two. I I took advice from her every day. So much more mature and older. But this is what I thank God for. We 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 went to a marriage group where everybody was old enough to be our parents. And we would sit there and listen. We'd listen to how they talked to each other. We'd listen to, we'd listen to their wisdom. We'd just listen, and we weren't sensitive. We didn't say, oh, these old people offended us. We would say, what should we do in this circumstance? How should we operate? And that was the joy of our life, being in that, being in that circumstance, realizing that there were people above us to protect us. And so the beauty about being young is that God is giving you the dream. That God is is pouring into you the beginnings of something amazing. That that if you let him, that if you say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, he will will pour out on you dreams and possibilities that you never imagined. Not not NBA, but things that you never realized you could be capable of. because because he wants to do through you more than you realize he wants to do through you. And the beauty about being young is he's pouring that out for the first time in your life. Man, come on, come on, follow me, follow me, follow me. I'll I'll turn you into something. Come on, I'll take you places. I'll do things through you. I'll, I'll do things you never dreamed possible. And this is the time of your life where you go, Lord, I'm gonna submit myself to you. I am going to realize that that all that the things that I've got floating around in my head might not be as good as what you've got for me. And I'm going to submit myself to you. And I'm going to submit myself to the people around me. I'm going to protect this dream. I'm going to I'm going to cherish it. I'm gonna, I'm going to guard it and and I'm going to let the people that you place around me help me help to facilitate it to come out of me. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you can start out that way, There's not an old person in this room that won't say, man, you've got a head start you got a head start. If you can start out that way, dreaming God's dreams, if you can start out that way, submitting to God's dreams for you, if you can start out your adult path going, God, every day I'll wake up and I'll let you direct my steps and guide me and direct me. I'm telling you, every gray-haired person in the room will go, hey, kid, you're on a good start. You're, you got it going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep dreaming those things God put in you because I want to tell you this. The future of this church doesn't rest on them or me. It rests on you. The future of this church doesn't rest on me or anybody in staff right now. It rests on you coming up and following the dream that God is putting in you right now. So here's what I want to encourage you. Dream big, but make sure they're God dreams. Dream big, but make sure they're God dreams. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for scripture that can guide us and direct us and warn us and encourage us. We thank you for scripture, Lord. That at a young age, we can learn to dream your dreams. We can learn, God, that you want to do things in us that are bigger than we could ever imagine. And Lord, we can learn how to, how to facilitate to navigate those things Lord we can learn how to nurture the stuff that you put in us we can learn how to protect it God we thank you today and I pray Lord for every young person in this room Lord that when they lay their head down at night Lord their heart would race for the possibilities of what you'll do through them Lord the possibilities of what the power of the Holy Spirit can accomplish in their lives that what seems impossible can be Im- with us is never impossible with you. I pray, Lord, that your prophecy would come true, that that you that this congregation would dream dreams and see visions. I pray, Lord, that you pour into us today. I pray that you'd raise up a generation of young people to carry your gospel far and wide in the face of anything. We thank you for your encouragement this morning, and we depend on it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church, could you honor him today? He's good. Amen.